On social media, everyone's a king, a master of their own destiny. I look at my own profile and I look exactly as I want the world to perceive me. Charming, chiseled, exactly the words my wife would use to describe me. (laughs) But what happens when people like me are handed the keys to speak on your brand's behalf? On social media, I get to say what I want about whatever I want and hey, I could even change what you're thinking. Social can fundamentally shift the dial for us. I think we're one of the few brands that can hand on heart say that. That's Lara Tom, Chief Marketing Officer at Guzman y Gomez, the Mexican restaurant with mind-blowing brand love. I have seen our sales increase by 10% because of that brand love and because we have given the keys over. And that can be anything from a new vegetarian dish to... I remember the release of our nacho fries. Once we released that out into the wild, not only on a number of different social platforms, but across our network, our Facebook and Instagram page just went crazy. And that was just people's sheer love of the food and wanting to share it with their friends and tell their friends about it. From Facebook, this is Face to Face, where leading marketers reveal how they click with consumers. I'm Jules Lund. Today, Lara Tom on why Guzmini Gomez customers are so loyal to the product. It's simple. I love the food. I have just had a delicious little meal at Guzman y Gomez, or however the hell you're supposed to pronounce that. I just want a feast. Count my money, share it with the team. Spending every cent before we leave. It was a first round of G-Rogi's potato harvest. I just had myself a little mini burrito. Hey guys, single the mile today. Five dollar burritos, five dollar bowls all day. All the crew, all the family's ready. This dedication can even border on activism. A young kid by the name of Cal Ryan wrote to us on our Facebook page, very cheeky email, expressing his disgust that he couldn't get a GYJ Barreto in London where he had been for six months. And he posted the following to us, and you have to hear it because it says a lot about our customer base. (laughs) Hi there. I would like to report my disgust in your inability to provide Guzman over in Europe. I feel deprived and marginalised. It's been been six months months now now that that I've been been backpacking Europe. Europe. And although the abundance of exotic cuisines has tested and changed my palate, there is one food that still chases me in my dreams each night. A chicken fajita burrito bowl with brown rice and guacamole. Guacamole is a given. I put forward a proposition for a new campaign or GoFundMe page, Bring Cal Home for a Burrito, where I'm flown from London to Brisbane for a burrito and then back to London where I shall continue to live my life. If you're open to collaboration, please let me know. Yours faithfully in Mexican spices, Cal Ryan. <laughs> How's the sass? And it was late at night. I was having a bit of a moment scrolling through. And I just replied with, if you get, and I think it was 3,000 shares and 5,000 comments um, before the opening of our 100th restaurant in Burley in, on the Gold Coast, I'll fly you home. A cheeky Facebook message to the fast food chain Guzmani Gomez. It's quickly taken off with Guzmani Gomez striking a deal with the young while burrito. backpacking in London as he craved a burrito bowl. Guzmani Gomez set Cal on a race against... And Cal took up the challenge. This is the moment Cal Ryan had been waiting six months for.
What I didn't know was this kid used to work for Nova and he comes from a media family. <laughs> and so he worked the phones himself and he got himself on every radio station in Australia. Like I had friends calling from Newcastle saying, I've just had this kid, he wants all these shares. And it just went nuts. But then what we did from there was, I guess, we realised we had, you know, PR gold on our hands. And just like the best job in the world campaign, you know, that Queensland ran years ago, we were like, right, we're off. I had some friends, 15 friends, stay up overnight sharing, commenting, hashtagging, sending it to groups, sending it to media outlets. <laughs> uh, that was unreal. <laughs> you legend. Congratulations, we're bringing you home. We found out that Cal's brother was also living in London. So we surprised his parents and we brought him home because their other brother had just had a baby and neither of the boys had met the little niece. We just actually thought this would never happen while they were overseas, so the fact that we had both of them home was like just, just so incredible. It was the most gorgeous kind of moment where we captured it all on camera at the airport and we had cow like masks and T-shirts <laughs> and we went to town with this kid. He was an absolute local hero. I was just so shocked. He was on television, Channel 7 came out and filmed him and it just went off. I think, you know, the organic reach on that on Facebook alone was 1.5 million people. Look what happened, he's home. That chance collision of Lara's eye for opportunity and Cal's craving for a burrito grew into an award-winning campaign. And it's no wonder such a beautifully customer-centric campaign just kind of happened. It won't be the last time. Yeah, it's a little bit mythical in the business now of, you know, who's going to be the next cow and what are they going to do to get a burrito. Yeah. A lot of our customers will do that. I had a chef, actually was on Facebook again, it actually just happens, and he sent us a rap that he had written. I watched that. Did you see it? It was incredible. To an Eminem song. Yeah. And he was talking about fries and he made fries and Coke seem cool. I've created a monster because nobody wants to eat nachos no more. They want fresh fries, it's much better. Well, if you want fries, this is what I'll give you. Make it a meal for breakfast, lunch, and then a go getter. And social media audiences are discerning. There is no shortage of fresh material to swipe past. Kimberly Wells is CEO of TBWA Melbourne. It's part of a global ad agency consistently listed in the top 10. And she knows a thing or two about communities taking hold on social. The power of social really comes to life when you've got community pitted against community. Mm. So you have a brand in the centre, but then social really is a combination of a whole bunch of small organised groups. And when you put something provocative into that space, it's fascinating to watch the way the groups contribute to a conversation or pull the conversation apart. But importantly, it's also fascinating to watch how the brand can throw something in and then step away and the ripple is solved through those community groups both interfacing with each other. So we have created a number of quite provocative campaigns from superannuation with ANZ. We've addressed the gender pay gap with ANZ. We've done some work with Medibank that also had an impact on just igniting these conversations. And you think you're doing the right thing, you might be activating on a social cause, but there is vitriol that exists within some of those smaller community groups. And when you stand on the edge with a corporate brand saying something that's provocative, even although those voices can be like a very, very small number, they are loud. They are so loud for a brand. So you've yeah. got to be able to hold your ground. And for a lot of brands, say nothing and just let those communities hose each other down. 
One of ANZ's loudest campaigns coincided with Sydney's Mardi Gras, where they created the GATM. Across Sydney, ATMs were dressed up in everything from reflective rainbows to hot bands and rhinestones, and they looked amazing. Oh, the gay ATMs, I love them. The campaign is now embedded into the bank's annual plans, but it hasn't been an easy ride. Year one, there was definitely a lot of conversations around the office and with ANZ to say, we need to be really aware of how the community will react. And banks still are not the most liked institutions in the world. We knew going in that it was just, we were going to be a very, very easy target. We were fortunate that with ANZ, they already had a very strong internal pride network. Mm -hmm. So we sought a lot of counsel from them as to how we might be dealing with different things. But in many respects, we sat back and we watched. The big question that kept being asked from the social community was, can't you just stick to banking? And now that we've got gay TMs, where are the heterosexual ATMs? But, you know, what are you kind of doing? Why are you even here? But that's where, as a brand, you know, our role is to continue to help them maintain their course. Mm -hmm. And when ANZ has a corporate purpose of helping people and communities thrive, you can't thrive if there is a sector of your community that is being silenced because they're not being given equal rights. Mm -hmm. So as soon as you play back, this is your purpose, this is why we're doing this type of work, you need to hold the course. Kimberly and her team knew that GATMs pushed the boundaries, but that was the intention. They set out to create an idea that got people talking. The risks were incredibly high. First of all, we were going to be incredibly public within the Mardi Gras parade. Whilst ANZ had been a naming rights sponsor, this was a very big year for them where they actually went out and were really wanting to put um, a lot more focus behind the sponsorship. We had not dealt with the pride community within ANZ previously, so ensuring that our creative ideas were really representing mm. the team within ANZ was critically important to us because Mardi Gras, whilst it's become increasingly a very commercialised event and a high-yielding event for Sydney, it's still at its most basic a human rights movement. And so we needed to ensure that whatever we did had a really delicate balance of the fun and frivolity with which people come to enjoy the parade, but also had a sense of seriousness back to the community. I remember standing up in front of the Pride community and saying to them, we need to ensure that the participation of this campaign, we're not just putting lipstick on the pig. This is not just ANZ turning up and decorating their ATMs. As a result of that, the sense of responsibility we brought to it was let's make sure that the operator fees, for example, are donated back into an LGBTI community charity. Some of the other risks which we didn't think about at the time was just the fact that these ATMs needed to maintain full function. All eyes were going to be on these things that we had completely, I mean, we bought out the world supply of rhinestones, I think, to decorate <laughs> them. And they became a security risk and they were unfortunately vandalised. So again, consideration as to how you have that conversation with ANZ, you've encouraged them, they've believed in what it was that we were doing, but now some incredibly valuable property for them that does earn the money has been vandalised as a result of the decision that was made to play with them. 
While stumbling across a gay TM in the street is nice, for the idea to be really effective, it needed to reach a whole lot more people. The challenge, ANZ was social, but just not social enough. In previous periods, it would take ANZ up to sort of six months to open a new social channel. And we had literally about two weeks and said, if you don't open this social channel, then we're going to lose the impact of a lot of the visual mm. content. So kind of our effort is wasted. And because there was so much focus on craft and all of the intricate details on the design, that was sort of a deal breaker. If mm. we didn't get the channel up, then the idea was going to fall over. Mm. It demonstrates the power of a really strong idea. People will go to the most extraordinary lengths for an idea they believe in. And it just kept growing and growing and growing. While a brand can control their product, their service, their messaging, the one aspect where many fall short is when they try to control the conversation and they stop listening. People just want to be heard. Facebook and particularly social platforms are a very visible way for them to be heard because it's visible to a whole lot of other people as well. So a lot of brands are scared. We actually embrace the feedback, the good, bad and the ugly, because it helps us improve. But we take every single comment seriously. We're getting to a size now where the feedback and commentary are enormous. It's, it's getting big. And the next question for us is, you know, to automate. And it goes against everything we stand for because we have this personalised relationship with these people and I don't want to offshore it, I don't want to outsource. That's our next big challenge because we've created such a big community. I don't want to shut them down, but I'm not quite sure. What if you allow the community to speak on your behalf? So they already do. We'll be asked a question on Facebook, on Instagram, and 90% of the time our customer base respond on our behalf. <laughs> it can be positive, you know, where's the nearest GYG to yeah. me or can I get a vegan burrito and can I swap out cheese for mixed chimmy mayo? And, you know, next thing you know, there's a whole feed going down of people actually having a discussion over the food and menu hacks and they kind of, you know, secretly help each other out. So it's really interesting to watch that community kind of have each other's backs as well as ours. Brand fans wield a lot of power and they can be fiercely loyal, making them the perfect allies to tackle competitors, especially competitors with deeper pockets. We do our best work when we don't have a lot of money. So <laughs> um, we challenge ourselves to kind of think more creatively with our agency partners with as little money as possible because I think that's, if you behave with that startup mentality, that's when you get the best juices going. I think, I mean, clearly the other thing that's really helped when you are in a food business is the, is the more macro trend of food porn and people are wanting to take photos of their meals and then share them. So you, you, it's easier to tap into a, into a much broader trend that we just don't have in financial services <laughs> yeah. or health insurance yeah, or energy. Say, yeah. or, Here's my bank statement. No, 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 no here's my it's air conditioner. Bit, yeah. <laughs> that's broken. Yeah. If people love something, they talk about it. If people don't love something, they talk about it, usually more so. Social media is really just an echo of what marketers have been doing all along, which is wooing the customer to come along for the ride. It's just that now they're driving. There's two things we can control. One's the food and the second is the guest experience. And if they're exceptional, our guests will say what they want and it will generally be good things. We're very fortunate. We have a lot of brand love. There's an enormous amount of you put on the GYG hoodie and, you know, pilots and air hostesses chase you through the airport. So why? I think because we are real and I think we keep it real and I think 
our focus on guest experience and, and food. Like people come up to us and say, I love your food. Yeah. First and foremost, you can't work in fast food and create the brand love without the food tasting great. Yeah. You know, you just can't. The food has to be good. First and foremost, creating memorable guest experiences and really caring about each and every guest and what they feel when they walk out of our restaurant or when they have their food delivered. You know, surprising and delighting people once they order with Deliveroo or Uber with the free fries. And, you know, we go over and above what I guess others may do to create that love, but it's all authentic as well. It's got to be about the food. There's so many new words that come into our marketing landscape that for many seem to be the first time they've ever been heard. Mm. But it's just the recoining of old phrases. Mm. So, you know, like mobile is this big new channel. If you really dig into it, what's in mobile, increasingly, where we're getting the engagement is video. Video is screen. Screens have been in our households for decades. So the principles of how to engage, how to tell a story well, are exactly the same. Big thanks to Kimberly Wells, CEO of TBWA Melbourne, alongside Lara Tom, Chief Marketing Officer at Guzman e. Gomez. Now, if you want to put a face to those voices, click the link in the show notes. Here you'll also find the full podcast and video series. Well, for Facebook, I'm Jules Lund, and this is Face to Face. <laughs>